Amen. I want to thank God that his word is still true. Amen. Turn with me to Romans real quick, chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 20. And I want to show you something. You know, you heard me say this a lot, and I, 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 it's not, I don't want to sound like I'm a broken record. But, you know, we can never hold to the things of God till we believe what God says. All right? I can preach my faith to you, but is it God's faith? <laughs> you see, God's faith doesn't question His Word. When God says something, it seals it, right? When God speaks, life happens. When God speaks, changes happen. When God speaks, there's hope. And there's power. Now, we learned, we heard faith all our life. All of you that have been coming to church a long time, heard the preacher said, you got to have faith. you got to believe. you got to trust God. And most people, it just goes right over their head because they think that the word faith is just something we use in church. Something the preacher says. But to understand when God says something, and he speaks something, it's established. It's not going to change. If you turn with the Hebrew, well, I said <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Let me get in my Bible out. I ain't even there yet. <laughs> I'm preaching ahead of myself. Somebody say, slow down, brother Lenny. Slow down. <laughs> we were talking about the book of Genesis a little while ago. The main figure in the book of Genesis is Abraham. Abraham was an idolatrous. See, when God spoke to Abraham, Abraham worshipped idols. He was not a Jew. <laughs> he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> he was a pagan. But God spoke to Abraham, and Abraham believed God. This God that spoke to him, it wasn't like his idol gods that he never could get comfort from. They would never speak to him. He just prayed to them as he was taught to pray. Ooh. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> See, I, people go to church and they pray just how their preacher taught them to pray or their priest taught them how to pray. They, they was not God speaking to them. Right? They followed their customs and their writings and, their, and, and, and how their mama done it and their dad mama done it and their daddy done it. And their, they followed the boat. They followed the trail of, of, of the parent or the, the custom. But this voice was different. When God spoke to Abraham, and he says in verse 20, let me get my spot. <laughs> he did not waver. He did not doubt. Talk about Abraham. At the promise of God. Through what? Unbelief. I could preach on that for a while. God spoke it. Abraham believed it. And he didn't sway from it. 
I don't know, I've been going to church a lot, a lot of years, and I've watched Christians sway back and forth. I know God said that, but. You ever, you ever heard them kind of, kind of arguments? I know the Bible says that, but. I got to shock you today. This is not a billy goat religion, man. Listen, God, listen. Abraham heard God, and he didn't waver through unbelief. He didn't say, well, maybe that wasn't God. Or maybe, maybe some, you know, some other person was speaking. No, God spoke to Abraham, and he didn't waver at it. He trusted God. How many of you in here heard God speak and make a promise to you, and you doubted him? I've done it. <laughs> I have doubted God many times. And I found out when I'd done that, I couldn't go any further spiritually with him. Because still I'm going to stop and believe what he told me the first time. I shouldn't dare ask him for anything else, right? But Abraham believed God. He knew God spoke to him. He told, God told him, I'm going to make you a, a, a father of many nations. I'm going to take your wife that's barren, old, <laughs> Stricken in years, and she's going to have a child. Now, I know about you. Most of us would have stopped. Oh, come on. Old lady. <laughs> she, she's barren. She's old. You, you seen Lizzie lately, God? Elizabeth? <laughs> Sarah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, Zach, I'm thinking of that or Zacharias. <laughs> you seen Sarah? She got bags on her eyes and she's bagged everywhere. <laughs> she just, she can't have a baby. But he didn't do that. Lord, I'm almost 100 years old and I mean, I'm, I can't produce children. He could have sat there and argued with God all day, but he said he wavered not. He didn't look at his circumstance. <laughs> Come on. He didn't look at his situation. He didn't look at his wife or him. God said it. <laughs> My, you listening to me? <laughs> it might not seem normal to you when God says something that don't make sense. In Abraham's mind, my Lord, I feel the presence of God. It didn't make sense. It didn't fit the flesh. It didn't fit the understanding that he had, but he said, God said it. I didn't, I'm not going to waver at God through unbelief. My Lord, I'm going to believe the Lord. If you believe in God for something, don't waver. Don't, don't, don't give up. Say, God has said it. God has spoken it. Then life comes through his word. Faith comes through his word. That's the faith I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about faith you make yourself believe in. I'm talking about God's faith. God's word. God's spoken. And he wavered not. <laughs> At the promise of God through unbelief was strengthened in what? Listen, if you feel awake, a weak, you better examine your faith. Listen, we get tired and weary. That's not the kind of weakness I'm talking about. My God, that's not, I'm not talking about physical weakness. If you feel like your walk with God is weak, your faith is weak, then there's something you're not doing right. There's something I'm not doing right. He was strengthened through his faith. Faith he got from God directly. When God said, let it be. I'm going to do this. 
I promise you. And Abraham walked in that faith every day of his life. After he gave his heart to Christ, and he really did, to, to Jehovah, the Lord. He walked with God. He was called the friend of God. He fellowshiped with God. But it had to start somewhere, y'all. It had to start with him dealing with his own heart. He had to get away from them cold, dead idols. Come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Listen, it might, might be an idol, in your, uh, a physical idol, but you might have idols in your life. It could be anything. When God says, I want you to go to church, but God, I can't. The saints are playing football today. Oh, God, I can't because my mom and my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and my brothers and sisters, we're all getting together today. You know, come on, Jesus. The thing that you need is in church. The word of God, the promises of God are spoken in church. Now we have to apply that word. I feel the presence of God. Forgive me, y'all. But I feel the. We have to apply that word which we heard. You're not just coming here to warm up you or seat. You're coming here to get strength. Strengthen your faith. So when the world is in doubt, you can say, God said it. When the world is falling apart, you can say, God said it. When the world is in trouble, you say, God has given me victory. God has given me promise. I don't care what the world is doing. I don't live by the faith of the world. I live by the faith of God. I don't know if you're getting this this morning. Oh, Lord, I feel the presence of God. God's faith, Yvette. God's faith. We need God's faith, Kevin. We need God's faith, the Lord. We need God's faith. God's faith settles it. It's established. None's going to change it. If you can trust him, none's going to change the promise that God made to you. Because God said it, not me. God made that promise, not man. My Lord, I don't know if you're feeling this. He said he, he straggled not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to who? God. Being fully convinced or persuaded that what he had promised, somebody finish it. He was able to perform it. Anything God says, he does it. Right? Anything God speaks, he does it. We're, we're walking on a planet that came from the voice of God, the word of God. You breathe in air that came from the word of God. Come on, somebody. Everything around us was God spoke it. God said it. My Lord, when I can see them idiots get on TV, try to explain away the magnificent things of God. I said, how stupid are you? How dumb can a human being get when he can look at such magnificent creation? I was watching, I was showing Dennis that day. I mean, the beautiful creations of, they're finding things in the ocean. Look like something was, I mean, the light. They're producing light in the midst of darkness. The most beautiful creatures, man. I said, where the heck that came from? I mean, 95% of the ocean has never been explored. They're finding creatures that never met men ladies their eyes on. Thousands and thousands and thousands of different type of species of creatures. They do their own thing. Some light up like a light bulb. Man, you ought to see this stuff. 
the magnificent things that God was in the mind of God. I think about God thought about all that. He planned it that way. And everything works just like he said it. Man, I don't preach, hallelujah. When God says something, it works, hallelujah. When God speaks something, it's going to happen, praise God. So you as a believer have to hold to the word of God. When God says something about your life, you can look for it. It's coming, hallelujah. Man, we need God's faith. <laughs> God's faith doesn't question. And I know we're all flesh. We look at it, yeah, but I, uh, you ever did that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that, that might be even too far out for God. Nothing's too far out for God. Whoo, Jesus. You know what an atom is? It's a little bitty thing we can't even see. You know, atoms hold everything together. I mean, without, without, the, without molecules and atoms, we'd, we'd, everything would fly to pieces. And God spoke to every one of them and said, these things are going to exist because I'm going to hold everything together. How many know that God's word holds everything together? <laughs> oh, everything we see, <laughs> everything we, we look at, everything we breathe, everything we can't see, God's word holds it together. <laughs> oh, man, I, you can look at creation itself. I don't want to get off in that, but man, come on, be for real. Anybody can look at the mass universe and so perfectly designed. It's almost like a, an artist painted a picture. I mean, so much beauty, colors, and, and character. I mean, it's amazing that a man can say, oh, that all just exploded. <laughs> I said, come on. The mind of God is in everything he made. Everything he thought, he thought of is, has life. Come on, Holy Ghost. Everything God spoke uh, regenerated, I mean, to life. Everything he said to the littlest molecule you can't even see with the physical eye that got life in it to all the big universe that we see. And Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. God didn't tell Abraham, well, Abraham, you believe me, you're going to have to go join this church or that church. Or go see this preacher or that preacher. Are you going to have to go through the system and the plan? His faith saved him. Somebody said it. My faith saves me. God's word saves me. God's word brings life. God's word brings hope. God's word brings I mean, everything that we need to be strengthened in our faith, God's word spoke it. Mm. Man, I feel the presence of God. Man, I listen, this is a real God we serve. This is not an imaginary God. He's alive. His power is real. His glory is real. His word is real. God is life and power and glory. There's no way in our mind we could fabricate this God we, we, we claim to believe in sometime. God help us. Turn with me, and I want to, uh, Romans, well, verse 3 in that same chapter. And 
And it's, it's just what I quoted just a minute ago. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He established his faith in the Lord. Now if you wake up and tomorrow morning, you get on your knees and say, God, I believe you. I believe your word. I believe in what you said. I trust in your salvation plan. That establishes you in righteousness. That, that is what establishes your faith for salvation. You have to make that confession. I can't make it for you. You know what I'm saying? I can't establish it for you. Like when we had the funeral third, and I believe that in Mark, I can't preach that brother into heaven or preach him out of hell. It had to be established already between him and God. There's no way you can push up money or even time to earn salvation. There's no price to put on salvation. Salvation comes when you what? Believe God. When you establish, oh, I feel the presence of God. When you establish your faith in Jesus, salvation is there. Righteousness is there through faith in, in Christ. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 19 of that, of that same chapter. I want to read you something. Chapter 4. I'm, 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 well, let's read verse 23. Chapter 4, verse 23. <laughs> I was supposed to read it, and then I did. So I want to read it. <laughs> now it was not written for his sake alone. Now what does that mean? God was giving Abraham a word. And this word was not written just for Abraham. Come on, Jesus. Who was it written for? It was written for us that would believe that we would do the works of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto righteousness. You got to believe God and it'll be counted unto you for righteousness. Right? And he goes on and he says it like this. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us or applied to us. Who believes in him who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead? Who was delivered up because of our offenses. And was raised up because of our justification. Now watch. Jesus didn't die for his sins. He died for yours. He was raised up for our justification. Because if Jesus would have never rose up from the dead, all he'd done would have, would have been meaningless. The resurrection was an effect of what he had done at Calvary. But you can't take the two apart. You get what I'm saying? You can't take Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. You can't pull them apart. The resurrection is, 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 is an effect of what happened at the cross. And if we ever lose that, I say, well, I'm going to heaven because I believe in the resurrection. No, you're not. You got to have faith in the Christ, the Christ that was crucified. You have to have faith in Jesus, what he did at the cross. Paul said like this, he would have never rose from the dead. Our faith would be vain. The, the, the resurrection is an evidence of faith. Right? The resurrection is the evidence of sacrifice of what Jesus did. Paul said he would have never rose. Our, our, our faith would be in vain. 
Hallelujah. And I said, well, let, me, let me let you turn. Oh, let me see where I'm going. James chapter 1. I'm going to show you something this morning. I'm going to keep you too long, but I'm going to get a word across, okay? Because <laughs> I want you to leave with faith in your heart, all right? If you've been struggling about Jesus, don't. Because he established, he established it in his word. When God speaks, that settles it. God promises. Men will fail you. Men can break promises every day. But if God makes you a promise, it's not going void. The only one that could do without that promise is you. If you refuse to believe, right? If you, refuse, if you, if you refuse to apply faith. Verse 6. And I'm just breaking in. and, and, and I could read the whole chapter probably, but... James, verse 6, James, chapter 1. Did I say chapter 1? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> chapter 1, verse 6. And this is talking about if you lack wisdom, if you lack these things. Ask the Father and he'll give it to you liberally or free. It's openly given to you. But let him ask in faith. Now what faith is he talking about? Faith in what God said. Right? Not just because I have a faith because I'm part of Coder Holmes Fellowship. I have a faith because I'm this and that. Faith in what God said. Now remember that. When you're going to hear this, me read this stuff, remember... He had, he was, you, your faith has to be established in what God said, right? But let him ask in faith, not doubting. For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man think or suppose that he'll, he'll receive anything from the Lord. Wait, you mean to tell me? If I ask in doubt, listen, I've prayed already and I've asked even a man of God one time. I said, do you think when the Lord said, don't use his name in vain, when we pray in doubt and unbelief using Jesus' name, you, do you think we're breaking that commandment? Vain means we're using his, his name uselessly, without purpose, without faith. When we pray and we use the name of Jesus, if we're not going to believe God, we just assume not pray till we can get our faith right. Right? Because if, you, if you're, not, you're not praying in faith, then, then you're using the name of Jesus in vain. Uh oh <laughs> I know, I'm not trying to get in another subject, but ask yourself that question. Does it, Bible said, do, do not need, use the name of the Lord in vain. Does it mean that using it without purpose? Or using it loosely or you, without, without hope of it doing anything? God's name is holy. When they used to write the, the old scribes and those was writing the Bible when it first came out, when it was, you know, they had scribes that would write, you know, the scriptures. When they get to, to God name, 
they would stop and worship. And they'd, they'd pick up a new pencil and start writing. They honored that name so much. So much was reverence toward the name of Jehovah. Which Jesus is another form. Joshua, Yeshua. Which is another name for God. So they would, they would, they would write in the scriptures. And when they get to the name God or Jehovah. They would stop and worship. They honored that name so much. That they saw that that was the only answer. That name was that powerful. That they would not be, be defying that name. Or, or, or using it in vain. So when I talk about. No, I've done it. I've had, believe me, I've prayed in doubt a lot of times. And it was sin. And that's why I'm saying we need to operate in faith. We need to pray in faith. We need to worship in faith. When we start speaking God's name, it has to be applied in faith. You don't use it just freely. You know, Jesus is not a curse word. You know, you ever somebody, they get mad, oh, Jesus Christ. You ever saw somebody do that? Or God D. <laughs> I mean, his last name is not damn. Huh? You know, when I started seeing people, and especially in the Catholic realm, when they start using SUB, you know, you know what they're saying? They're saying that Mary was a, a bee. Because they, you know, the, the Jewish people believe Mary had Jesus out of wedlock. So she was a, a bee. So next time you hear people say, you know, uh, SUB, you're a Catholic and you curse and marry that way? Come on, somebody. When you start damning God or using Jesus' name as a curse word, oh, everybody does it. Well, everybody ain't right either and everybody's going to pay for it one day. The name of God is his word. And faith is applied through that name. Right? Cool. My God. <laughs> Come on. Next time we start flapping at the lips, we better know what we're saying when we start using God's name. Faith is in Jesus. Faith is establishing the name of God and in the power of God's word. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, you're, you're quiet. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So, where it says in verse 8, he, wait, he is a double-minded man. Talk about the one that, that doesn't pray in faith. Unstable in all of his ways. That man ain't going to receive anything of the Lord. It says in verse 7, I went ahead of myself. Let not that man suppose that he receive anything of the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all of his ways. <laughs> I can stop preaching right now. <laughs> unstable, unbelieving, doubting, not trusting in God's word. God's faith works. My faith, what I think don't work. If my faith and my, it's not in what God thinks and established, I mean, it's useless. We need to know what we believe, Paul said. I know whom I believe. Paul died knowing whom we believe. A lot of Christians have died, got their heads cut off, thrown to hungry beasts and torn to pieces because they believed in God's word and his son. 
All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> verse, chapter 4, verse 7 of James. Now, I personally believe this is a lot of Christians' problems. People go to church, they don't know what they believe, right? They believe what the preacher says, or the priest says, or they believe what brother so-and-so says, or sister so-and-so. They don't, know, they don't have an established faith in God's Word. You wonder why we got the false doctrine, and you wonder why we got all that, that strange stuff going on today? Because Christians don't read the Bible. I heard a statistic, 90% of people in America don't read their Bible. You wonder why you can have some false teachers and liars because and, they don't know what the Bible says. See, if anybody comes before them and sounds spiritual and looks spiritual and they just accept it because I felt a goosebump. I felt that was God. How do you know it's God? Well, how do you know what I'm saying is God today? Huh? How do you know what I'm saying is the truth? That's, that's what I'm saying. People don't go to church with their Bibles anymore. <laughs> you know? A lot of times when I was coming up, that's how they knew we had our Bibles. And we put them on our arms and we go to church. You know what I'm saying? I've always been believing that. I've always thought it was right. You know, if you don't have one, we got one. You can sit, just look for yourself. You know, look, find, that's why I've been trying to give as gifts good Bibles. And I even make it personal. I give a few of them away. I even put their name on it. <laughs> Come on. That's your Bible. <laughs> I like when I go to Mordell's and I buy them a new Bible. I put my name on it. Just cat. That's my Bible. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It belongs to me. As long as I live, I'll know that's my Bible. Anybody finds it, oh, it's just for Brother Lanny. <laughs> and you know, the problem is, is that we as Christians forget that God has spoken his word. And he's given you a personal love letter, a roadmap, a word for you. If you expect to make it as a Christian and don't open that book, you're not going to make it. If you don't look at what the word is for you, Ray, or for mom, or anybody in here, if you don't look what it says for you, if you're not reading this Bible, if you're reading this Bible to try to be smarter than somebody else, and more spiritual than somebody else, close it. Mm, man, listen. Oh. If you're looking for an answer for somebody else and you're not searching for yourself, close it. If you're busy trying to find a sister so-and-so's in sin or brother so-and-so's in sin or, you know, Pastor Lanny's not doing right and, and if that's, that's all you're looking for, it for, close it. If that word is not for you or you or you or you and all it is is a religious item you put on your cabinet in your house on your shelf, close it. Till you can see that word he gave it to the world, but he gave it to Lanny. <laughs> you got what I'm saying? This is my Bible. Look, I got my name on it. My mom said you got her name on it. This is, this is my Bible. 
You don't have to put your name in your Bible. <laughs> yeah, well, Yvette got hers written in it. That's Yvette's Bible. And I look at it, I say, this is my Bible, y'all. Look, I got my name on it. And when I read it, it's for me. It's for me to hear for Lanny. Now I got to read the preaching stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that when it comes down to the grassroots, this is my word. God's given to me. And we can't, we can't go around thinking that, well, the Bible is just a good book. No, it's, it's the word of God. It's where you're going to live. That's how, it's it's going to establish your faith. And whether you make it to heaven or not. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Boy, I'm, I'm laying some stuff sling this morning. Praise God. <laughs> Therefore, submit yourselves to who? To Lanny. No. <laughs> Dakota Holmes Fellowship. To this church or that church. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil. But what you got to do first to resist? You got to submit to him first. See, Satan will run all over you if you haven't submitted to the Lord. Come on, somebody. If, if, if you haven't submitted your faith, your life, your heart to God and his word, Satan will run all over you. He'll do whatever he wants with you. As long as he can keep that book closed, he's got you. That makes sense. Listen, when I went, <laughs> when I when I went to get my driver license, I wouldn't have done too well if I wouldn't have read the, the manual, right? And you know what? When I went, I remember driving, and I was young, but I remember driving, and somebody said, "Well, Lenny," and people would tell me, "You, you got to do this and do that, and do this." And I was so scared to listen to what everybody was saying. I was believing them, and it would mess. I'd mess up. Because sometimes I wasn't reading the man. I wasn't reading the, uh, the instructions. But when I got the instructions right, <laughs> I, start, I said, I better stop worrying about everybody else. I better look what it says. <laughs> I got my license. <laughs> See, that's how we got to do this our faith. We worried about what preacher so-and-so is saying or pastor so-and-so is saying or denomination or denomination so-and-so is saying. We're not looking what the Bible's saying. We're worried about what preachers are saying. You better look in that book and you better be sure what I'm telling you is right. If I'm not right, come tell me. I want to know. God's faith works by God's word and it is established in God and what he said. Abraham believed God and it was accounted on him for righteousness. He established faith in what God had said. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. Verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now watch. Unbelief. If there's no faith in your life, you will never overcome sin. <laughs> I try to stop doing this, and I try to stop. If you don't have any faith in what God says, you'll continue sinning. Why would Paul, uh, James say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. How are you going to do that? Through the word of God. That's how I know God hates sin. It's because his word says so. And if I'm going to live in sin, I'll never get victory in my faith. Never. So you got to leave this church this morning and you got to establish some faith 
God faith in your life. If God says to stop doing it, if God says to correct that, if God says you to believe this, do it and establish it. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think of some things I used to do. The things I, I, I used to do. I, I, listen, I wouldn't even think about doing it. Because God's word was established in my heart. What I didn't mind doing in the past, I sure wouldn't dare do today. Because there were things in the, that, that we used to blush at. Even as sinners. Now it's so openly promoted. And the church is sucking that all in, man. They're dressing like the world. They're talking like the world. They listen to the songs of the world. They're acting like the world. And they go to church and they say, I love Jesus. <laughs> no, you don't love Jesus. Jesus said, this is now you know you love me if you keep my commandments. You can't love Jesus and love sin and love the things of this world. The same James says it in chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Abraham believed God, but he lived right. He lived righteous. He believed God and he lived according to God's word. All right. <laughs> And he says, purify your hands, you double-minded. Verse 9, lament and mourn and weep, cry. Listen, if there's sin in your heart, you better weep. You better cry out to God for mercy. Lament, surrender. Put yourself at God's feet and repent. You'll never establish faith in your life till you stop living in sin. I'm honest. That's hard, but it's the truth. Do you realize that sin displeases God? Sin hate, God hates sin. And faith will never be established till that is made right in your own heart. What is pleasing to the Lord? What does God want in my life? How, does I how do I judge situations in my life? Do I judge it by God's word? I told a pastor a while back, I said, you got to run your church based on the word of God. <laughs> You got to run your church based on the word of God. We got to run this church based on the word of God. If God says it, that settles it, right? It's not going to change because I want it to change. Nothing's going to change. God still demands repentance. He still remains coming to him, submitting to him, surrendering to him. See, Abraham had to make a decision. It's either God or these idols I've been worshiping all my life. But he chose to honor God. And it was accounted on him for righteousness. He had to lay down. Listen, we, we lay up a lot of idols in our life. You don't look at it. What, what stops you from reading your Bible? What stops you from praying? What stops you from coming to church? <laughs> Ask yourself those questions. I don't have to go to your house and pick out your sins for you. You know already. I thought my job. My job is to teach you the word of God and, and make sure we do everything according to God's word. But you got to leave here and, and nobody's going to follow you, but the Holy Ghost is going to follow you. No physical person is going to go and follow you and say, you're not supposed to do this and don't go here and don't say that and don't listen to this and do this. Listen, when you get out of this building, you and God have a lot of things to talk about. And God's going to speak to you and that's whether you're going to do them or not. Right? You want God's faith? 
You have to submit. You want God's faith? You have to surrender. You want God's faith? You have to believe. And he says, lament and mourn in verse 9. And weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom or heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will do what? Our Lord. <laughs> How many need lifting up in this building? <laughs> Listen, all you have to do is say, God, I surrender. My opinion don't matter. What I want to do don't matter. It's what you want. It's what you want. It's what you want. It's what you want. If you can't overcome something, put your faith in the Lord. If, you can't, if you're dealing with something you can't, you're feeling overpowered by, surrender to God. Submit to God and say, God, I can't do this in my own power. I can't do it in my own strength. I need you. I submit to you. I re- whatever it is, if it's sin or anything in your life, I repent, God. Help me to overcome. And I can show you he's going to do it. Because his word says so. There's nothing God can't overpower or overcome. Nothing impossible for him. Nothing. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to read chapter 11 of Mark, and that's going to be it. Verse 22 and 24. I think this is the Lord this morning. I believe it is. You know what? I got to preach this to myself. Because I can, before I get up here and share the word with you, I want to know what God wants for me. I want to overcome. I want to have victory in Christ. If we can do this as a body, as a church, together, we can see many people come to Christ. Because when they're going to look in your face and they're going to say, why is, you, why is your Jesus so great? What are you going to tell them? Well, seriously, what are you going to tell them? Well, I think he's great because I read my Bible. I go to church. That's not what I'm talking about. That's all good stuff. But what are you going to tell him? Somebody looks at you and says, well, tell me why should I believe? If you don't believe, how are you going to tell him? Tell him. Listen, I love it when people say you need to come to church. And that's great. Now, you need to come to church. But coming, just coming here, it's not going to solve it. I notice a lot of people when, when I'm passionate about my faith, that's what they're attracted to. I'm going to tell you what my Jesus did. He died for my sins. He gave his life for me. I could be in a, a fiery hell today, but he reached down and he saved me from all the troubles in my life. He still delivers me, takes care of me everywhere I go. Listen, they, they know that. They can see your desire and your love for Jesus. If they, don't, if they see religion, they're not going to move. If it's just about, well, he's all right. I mean, I go to church. You know. Yeah, but <laughs> come on. I mean, I love Jesus, you know. I go... Uh, once for Christmas or Easter, I go every chance I get. Well, that's telling them, man. They're going to run the church based on that testimony. Hallelujah. No, they won't. I had a little brother I was talking to one time. He was talking about apologetics. And what apologetics is, 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 is explaining to people why you believe what you believe. And, and he was telling me, man, I was trying to preach my apologetic message to some, some people, and, and they were just running all over me. I said, what you should have done is tell them your testimony. <laughs> Testify. 
Testify of what the Lord has done. Testify what God has done in your life. They're not interested in apologetics. They want to know what's real or not. Hallelujah. If it's working for you, hey, I want to try it. They come to you, I'm a drug addict, and, and you tell me you were set free. I want to try it. Come on, I, I was an alcoholic, but you tell me he set you free. I want to try it. He set me free from the sins of my life. He turned my life around. I wouldn't be here today if it wouldn't have been for Jesus. <laughs> my God, listen to me this morning. You wouldn't be here if it wouldn't be for Jesus. Whew. And this is from the word of the Lord himself. Watch, verse 22. Let me get my spot real quick. Jesus answered and said unto him, have faith in God. Now, I wouldn't have nobody, no problem switching. Have God's faith. To have faith in God is having God's faith. God, the faith God demands. You know what I'm saying? The faith God requires. You can't have faith in God without having God's faith. That make sense? You know, I get into discussions with uh, Pentecostals. Well, you know, there's only Jesus in heaven. I said, well, Stephen said, when he looked up and he was being persecuted, he saw Jesus sitting on the right hand of God the Father. I said, if there's just Jesus in heaven, who's sitting on the right hand of God? Well, he said, Jesus is God. But doesn't the Bible say he's the son of God? Yeah, but he, he's God. So if he's, a, if he's God, God the son, then he's the son of God. And, you know, you, you catch it because they're trying to make only Jesus sitting on the throne. There's no God. They're just Jesus. That's heresy. Because the Bible said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Who <laughs> you know what the Word is? The Word is Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, Holy Ghost. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. There are three that bear record in heaven. There are three in heaven sitting. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the Word of God. Why are you going to sit there and tell me there's only one? And then by doing that, you start applying all kind of strange doctrines and, and, and philosophies about it. Why not just do what the Bible says? Why not Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, is God in all three? God can be three if he wants. He can be one if he wants. He can be ten if he wants. But he says there are three that bear record in heaven. Now, see, if I wouldn't have read my Bible, Sister Kathy, I would have never known that. They could have lied to me. Emmanuel, God is with us. That's Jesus, yeah. He's everything that God meant man to be, hallelujah. When Adam was on the earth, Adam was perfect till he sinned against God. Jesus was everything that God wanted us to be. He was God in the flesh. The character, the personality. Everything about God was in Jesus. But there's three. Jesus said it, have faith in God. For surely I say unto you, whatsoever you say, say to this, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that whatsoever thing he say will be done, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whosoever, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have. Now a lot of people say, well, he's talking about the mountain is a symbol of a, a trouble in your life. No, it's a mountain. <laughs> We spiritualize everything. 
You know, the giant, we, we, we got to defeat the spiritual giants in our life. No, there's real giants that need to be defeated. If he, listen, Jesus is very clear. He says, if that mount, say unto this mountain, be thou removed. He's not talking about a, a spiritual mountain. He's talking about a physical mountain. Oh, <laughs> that's how powerful faith is. Now, they, I heard a story one time. They had this lady, you know, she was sitting at her house and a tree was blocking her view from a window. She said, well, Jesus said, he said unto the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be cast in the sea. And I doubt in your heart you shall have whatever you say. So she got in the window and she said, tree, I want you out of the way in the name of Jesus. So the next day she comes back, the tree was still there. You know what she said? I knew it wouldn't work. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't we do that a lot when we pray? I'm asking you for this, but when it don't happen, I knew it wouldn't happen. And we spiritualize it. It's because of this or that or this thing didn't happen. And we get all, because you had unbelief. We don't want to go there because it hurts our spiritual pride. You see, you get where I'm coming from? Hallelujah. Jesus said, whatever you ask and believe. And if you believe, you're going to receive it. Now I know there's some. Physical problems, some spiritual problems, financial problems. A lot of things that deal with the heart, okay? A lot of things that we deal with faith and we're wrestling with fear and we're wrestling with all kind of other stuff. And that has to be dealt with. I can see that. But don't tell me Jesus didn't tell you, can make, you, can, you can't move a, 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 a physical mountain if that's what it took. If that was in your way and God need, you needed it out, he'd do it. Our Lord walked on water. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Jesus walked on water. Was that spiritual? <laughs> no, what he did, he did that to teach him a lesson of faith, right? Because when they got in the boat, they were all scared. Well, remember, Peter went out there first. And Peter looked at the waves, and we know how the story goes. He began to sink. <laughs> and that's like us. We pray for something, and, and it, 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 we see the storm, and and all of a sudden, we get, we get weak and feeble, and, and we start sinking. And the Lord picked Peter by the hand and says, come up, Peter. He said, why are you doubt? Only believe. Only believe. Why did, you, why, did, why did you give up faith? You know, the greatest example is when Jesus was, the storm was, and Jesus was in the boat. He always was basically principle, trying to teach his disciples the principle of faith. Faith in God. God faith. And Jesus was on a pillar. Was a, I guess it was a hurricane or something. The storm was getting ready to sit. The boat, water was coming in the boat. And, and the disciples, <laughs> they were running around. <laughs> we're going to drown. We're going to die. In this. And he, then Jesus was on a pillar sleeping. And you, can you see that in your mind? They're trying to scoop the water and they're trying to Turn the boat with the water, and all of a sudden, and Jesus, the way Jesus, Lord, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus got up and rebuked the winds. And he told him, he said, Why did you doubt? Hmm. Oh, that gets a little hurt. hurts <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Why did you doubt when I when I told you you could you could do this or you can have it? Well, you know, people at church did. They explained it away. It made me think something else. Blah, 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 blah. 
<laughs> Brother so-and-so said it. It's, that, that don't happen today. <laughs> Brother sister so-and-so said she tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> Heck on, brother sister so-and-so. You do it. <laughs> Find out for yourself. Apply God's faith to your life and see what happens. Amen? Amen. All right, you can close your Bible. That's enough. <laughs> Somebody walk out. I want God's faith. Somebody say, I want God's faith. I want God's faith. <laughs> Ooh, I feel it. I can start preaching again. Oh, God, I want God's faith. <laughs> I want God, what God says, right? When you read that Bible tonight or whenever you pick it up, I want God's faith. When you come to church, you say, I want God's faith. When you pray, I want God's faith. Hallelujah. I want God's faith. I want God's faith. Not, not, not Brother Lenny's faith or somebody else's. I want God's faith. My God. How many believe that? We need to do that.